What's going on, everybody? And welcome to this episode of the first and foremost sports podcast. I am your co-host, Quentin Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Covington. What's going on, everybody? We have with us a very special guest today, none other than the DeMichael Cole. DeMichael, you my friend from UT. We've known each other for a few years. I guess, you know, I can't introduce you better. You can introduce yourself. So I'm going to let you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Man, what's what's going on? I I just want to say first, before I get this out the way, I want to get this out the way that it took me a while to get on here. You know, I was one, <laughs> but, but we're here now, like he said. But yeah, like Quentin said, we went to you together. I, I graduated in May of 2019, left school. Uh, interned at Sports Illustrated, and now I'm at the Philadelphia Inquirer. I've been there for about 15, 16 months now. Been at the Philadelphia Inquirer, mainly doing college college basketball. I do boxing there. Uh, a lot of, I mean, I tap in with football, you know, some football coverage now and then. But mainly, I'm a college basketball guy. I do some enterprise stories on, you know, just Philly athletes from philly you know all you know all over you know the states pretty much doing their thing and things like that but yeah that's me i know you brought up college basketball you got to tell everybody who your team is uh, we getting started early huh so <laughs> my, my college basketball team is you know the carolina target you know the team that's um has i'm not gonna i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna right, but I'll, I'll say this they, the greatest player to play basketball up until LeBron James came came from North Carolina. That is Michael Jordan, James Worthy, you know came. and the list goes on. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, but North Carolina over Duke. <laughs> who even, who even brought up Duke? See, see, see what you do, bro. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I ain't gonna say too much. We can- <laughs> You can't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we both down in the dumps this year, so. At, at least. So bad. Y'all, y'all two are worse than North Carolina. I think Duke is five. <laughs> and, and Kentucky is like negative. <laughs> negative. <laughs> I think we like, what, seven and nine? Man, we garbage. Yeah. It, it ain't good. It ain't it's good, the, man. It's the it's the pandemic, man. That's all. <laughs> LSU, so I. I... <laughs> yep, that's right. LSU. T- <laughs> this man, a Florida fan. Yeah, I'm aware. He, he, he <laughs> blow out um, LSU on a mediocre year, and he got a little. T- um, with, uh, what's my boy name? Marco Marco Wilson saved the game through through his shoes. <laughs> no, don't talk it. Don't bring it up, man. It's gonna make me mad all over again. That man threw a shoe and said, "Here you oh, go." Oh man, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, that's the play of the year. That's dirty. <laughs> we really, we really had the game won and brought through a shoe. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> LSU had no business winning that game, but it had. <laughs> man, but shoot. We got a few topics on deck, so let's not waste any more time, shall we? So, of course, first up, the Super Bowl ended this past week. 
Tom Brady show once again, who reigns supreme in the NFL. So we kind of just want to bounce around, talk about our recap and our takeaways. Uh, so one of y'all want to pop it off? I'll pop it off. That's cool. All right. Well, uh, as some of y'all may remember, me and Quentin, I think we both chose Kansas City. Uh, but I was well, I was well aware of you know what could happen. But for some reason, I put all my football knowledge aside and just went with Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. Now I knew that both tackles were out, and I knew you know they could get pressure. Tampa Bay could get pressure with four, and that's exactly what they did. Ty Bowles put together a masterful game plan. He played cover two most of the game. Uh, trusted his defensive defensive line to get there with four, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they pressured Mahomes on more than half of his dropbacks. He dropped back 53 times, 56 times, excuse me, and he got pressured on 29 of those dropback attempts. And also, you know, like I said, they play a lot of cover two. You know, uh, to force teams to get out of cover two, you got to be able to run the football. And Kansas City never committed to running the football. And I think that there was pretty much the difference. You know, despite all the glitz and glamour that comes with the passing game, at the end of the day, football is still one in the trenches. And Kansas City dominated on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, man, Jimmy hit on the spot, and I just got to get this out the way that um, football is one in the trenches. That can't be understated enough. I mean, offensive line and defensive line play is where games are won. No matter how good your quarterback is, no matter how good your wide receivers are, it's always going to come down to the trenches. And this game and – Last week, the game that the Buccaneers won well, a couple weeks ago when they beat the Packers, both of those games, you saw that the trenches are where the games were won. And the Buccaneers got I – mean, we'll get to that later. You know, they, they got it good being that, you know, Green Bay was missing its left tackle. And then at the end of the game against the Bills, you know, Eric Fisher gets hurt. The Chiefs' left tackle gets hurt. So, you know, you know JPP <clears throat> take advantage of that. And the thing about football is – you know, Jimmy was talking about how they were playing cover two and just rushing four. I don't care how terrible your defense coordinator is. You can have uh, – who was the Cowboys defense coordinator this year? They got fired after, like, <laughs> in one season. <laughs> Man, I don't even remember his name. That's the crazy part. <laughs> but if any defensive coordinator can look good when you can just sit back with seven and rush four. I mean, that's – that's that's easy football. If you got seven in coverage, it's it's not going to be you know a lot of places the quarterback can pick you apart when you can just rush for it and get pressure the way they did. I mean, they pressured him. I believe it was twenty nine times on like forty nine mm-hmm. drop like that, or he was hit twenty nine times, one or the other. But either either of those numbers is are super high, and that shows you that that game was won in the trenches. And Todd Bowles, you know, great game plan. Of course, he he stuck to it, and and I salute him for that. Being that you know, Todd Todd Bowles likes the blitz. But he said, "No, I'm I'm gonna hold back this game. I know you know they're missing their tackles. J, JPP, uh, Shaq Barrett, those guys get there, and, and Vita Vey, you know, pushing the middle. I mean, he was Vita Vey is a load. Like you can't single team him, and he because he he blows the middle up. And they won that game in the trenches. I mean, that's that's really all it came down to." It's, it's that simple. If the Chiefs have their two tackles, that game probably goes a completely different way. Yeah, both of y'all made a lot of good points. Uh, and I think, honestly, 
I got to give us a pat on the back, but I think the 49ers kind of gave a formula. I had to <laughs> come off for three and a half quarters. We gave a formula on how to beat the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl because we did the exact same thing. We dropped, we kept them from throwing deep, and we got after them with four because, I mean, Nick Bosa ate all night long last year against them in the Super Bowl. Uh, but for one – Mike Rimmer should be out of a job because he got Patrick Mahomes and Cam Newton abused in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> but like you said, Ty Bowles deserves a lot of credit. Uh, he had a perfect game plan, you know, going against his usual tendencies. Uh, but I, I don't understand why Kansas City didn't run the ball more, at least tried. Uh, the few times they did give Clyde, it was a little ball like, to start the second half, he was picking up some yards. And what even happened to Le'Veon Bell? Did he even get in the game? Uh, no play. <laughs> so I don't know what the deal is with that. But, I mean, they didn't even try to run the ball. But, I mean, they got physical with Tyreek Hill, had help over the top. And then when you got quick linebackers, you got to give credit to Levante David and Devin White, who's easily the best linebacker tandem in the league. Uh, they were able to contain to an extent Travis Kelsey because I know he still had 133 yards, but, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that didn't really have an impact on the game. Um, But I guess I got to ask, does this loss, you know, even given that he wasn't healthy and all the circumstances he was dealing with, does this change our perception of Patrick Mahomes? For me, it doesn't. Uh, because, I mean, all night long, he was, first of all, he's having toe surgery, which is just not an excuse. He's not the most mobile guy anyway to begin with. But that turf toe, you know, combined with both tackles being out, uh, honestly, you know, you have to get Andy Reid some blame too. Uh, this Pat Mahomes, you know, that's the hardest. I think that's the hardest I've ever seen the quarterback play. If you think about it, they dropped two touchdowns. Yeah. I know everybody. Tyreek right on the face mask. Exactly. I know. I know. And that was a crazy throw. Everybody remembers that throw, but not you know. No, nah, it doesn't change my perception of Pat Mahomes at all. But I will say, in both Super Bowls, he has played uh, well below his standards during the regular season and other playoff games. I will say that. But I think one thing that I, I forgot to mention, I don't think nobody else mentioned, was that Andy Reid never really made adjustments. Uh, like I said, like we mentioned, he didn't try to run the ball much. Uh, he abandoned the run uh, in the third quarter. The few carries he did give Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And, you know, he never really tried to get Tyreek Hill open. Uh, we all saw that he was being double teamed, but that means you're supposed to move around the line of scrimmage, uh, have him in motion to free up some space, create some matchups. And I don't remember, you know, Andy Reid ever doing that. So, you know, like in Travis Kelsey, uh, he, had, he had a Super Bowl record for receiving yards by a tight end, uh, but they didn't seem to really matter like you mentioned. And, you know, he dropped a couple balls. You know, there was a lot of drops uh, in that game by Kansas City. And I saw a stat that came out earlier that Tampa Bay was number one and Kansas City was top number two in terms of most drops this season. So that definitely played a factor. And it seems like most of Kansas City drops were during crucial moments, uh, uh, third downs, late in the game, early in the game. And it just really killed their momentum. But sorry for rambling, but – no, I don't really – it doesn't really change my perception of Patrick Mahomes at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's 
Not, not one bit. I mean, you know, he had a great season. He's had a great career, almost a flawless career up to this point. You know, mm-hmm. he, when he the two times he's lost, you know, in the playoffs, you know, when he lost to uh, Tom Brady in the AFC Championship, an argument could be made that, you know, there was a holding late in the fourth quarter there. An argument could be made that, um, you know, if he gets the ball in overtime first, they go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, and then given this, you know, this game, I mean, he's missing both his left, he's missing both his tackles. I don't know a quarterback in the league who could, you know, against a great defense, defense line really, you know, play well enough to win a Super Bowl against a team like Tampa Bay Buccaneers put in that scenario. But, I mean, just a couple of rebuttal things I have to, I have to, I have to say, especially regarding that 49ers statement, which was true. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true, but, the San Diego, I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers, I got to get used to this team being in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Chargers this year held the Chiefs to, like, 23 points. And they had Bosa. They had Melvin Ingram. They were the blueprint this year. They showed that you can rush for, and their corners, you know, they have some good corners, but they they play that cover three, that, you know, cover scheme. That, and they show – play similar defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think – when they when they played the first game, I think it were, there were a couple teams, maybe like the Broncos and the Raiders, tried to do some similar things and had some success like that against the Chiefs. But you know, it's it's harder to do if you don't have like the four rushers up front who can right. get teams like the Chargers and 49ers do. So yeah, I agree. I just can't let you think that the 49ers were the sole reason. <laughs> I never said the sole reason, bro. We're not. <laughs> But I guarantee, I guarantee you, they looked up some of that film for that for that Super Bowl game plan. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's not invisible though. That's that's what people, you know, really figured out. I mean, he's any quarterback, you know, offensive line play is is so crucial. And and you know, I don't, I don't care how good you are, if you don't have a, you know, a a good enough offensive line, you, you're not gonna win a Super Bowl if you're going against great pass rushers. And I, I do want to mention something. Uh, I think what was lost is that people n- don't really mention how good the right tackle Mitchell Schwartz was. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, it was he was uh, considered an all-decade team right tackle. So mm. right. he's one of the best tackles of this generation. And Eric Fisher, former number one overall pick, uh, he was also a pro bowler. So you're looking at two high-level tackles there, and you're missing both of them. It's not like the tackles were – mediocre and then no, they were two high level tackles and that that definitely hurt I think that was the key to the game and I think everybody right. knew that everybody knew that going into it uh, but what it was we just figured Pat Mahomes and their offense was so great that they would be able to overcome it but we all got fooled and they got dominated from the from the jump yeah yeah I'll add, I- I'm later when we you know we get to the later section I'm, I'm gonna add something about Pat Mahomes I think he did he did struggle and there were some things he could have tweaked. And, you know, I know, you know, Andy Reid, of course, he's going to get a lot of the blame too. But I think, um, you know, we were caught more, you know, in the mode of Patrick Mahomes trying to be the hero because he's running around for his life and, you know, throwing all these crosses, body throws with people in his face. But there were some things he could have done. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll cliffhanger for now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I think, too, just overall, the Chiefs as a team, it didn't seem like they were ready to play 
And I don't know how much of a factor uh, the investigation going on with Andy Reid's son played into that, uh, which I guess with that situation, he was intoxicated and there were children in the car and he got into a car accident. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that Andy Reid too a few years ago, like before he left the Eagles, his son, like, passed away something like that uh i'm not familiar with that i i, I believe yeah. you. i believe you're right um that definitely uh happened i don't i don't know if it was when he was with the eagles or if it was like when um but yeah it definitely yeah that happened before i i, I think that did um happen before if my memory served me right his his one of his sons was like a ball boy for the Eagles while he was still there, but mm-hmm. like during one of the training camps, he like OD'd or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He did. He had a son that OD'd. Out. What year was that? Because it was I say like 2012. 2012. He did have a son that that OD'd. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounded about right. Yeah. It's crazy, but I do. While we're on the so, oh my bad. Before we move on. I, well, something that would not, neither one of us has mentioned is that the second half, the Chiefs just looked like they were defeated. And I think that's partly because of the the, the lack of call. Well, not even the lack of calls, but the, the ridiculous penalties that they were getting called for. And I, think that was, I think that was definitely part of it. They, they came out looking defeated, like, ain't no way that we're going to be able to win. Not with the – it seemed like the ref were on payroll. It's like, ain't no way we're going to be able to win. Uh, that interception got called back. Them two mysterious pass interference calls that extended the drive towards the end of the, the second quarter. I think that definitely yeah. played a role into it. And you could you could see it when they were walking out the field. I saw it in the honey badger face. So I was like, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I was really concerned. I wasn't more so concerned about the score. I was concerned about the morale than I was the score going into the second half. I agree. Speaking of, uh, my bad. Go ahead. I agree. I mean, I think even um, the Honey Badger, Tyra Matthew, tweeted after the game, like, how did I get a penalty? And he ran up to me. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not the conspirators with old Brady and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. But it was some weird, it was some weird calls, you know, that especially if you, you know, I'm not going to play the green part. I'm not going to go back, you know, too much to that game. And, you know, when Aaron Rodgers threw the interception, you, you know, um, the defensive back Murphy Bunton was holding on to uh, the receiver's jersey, things like that. And then you go to this game, some calls went the other way. So, you know, some people think some things, man. But, but definitely, I mean, they got the benefit of the doubt in the Super Bowl on a lot of calls. But Brady was talking that cash money to Honey Badger, though, wasn't he? Man, get out of he here. He wasn't going. You can do that. With, you can do that. With. You can do that when you up and you got the refs on your side. You can do that. And, and we know, I mean, hey. surprise, though. You know, Brady is a fiery guy. It's the, the surprise yeah. was who he was talking like. Exactly. <laughs> this dude will come on a nickel blitz and, and not slow down. Like <laughs> <laughs> He didn't care. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he he was – and, you know, people were saying, oh – what is, you know, Matthew doing? He's going to fire up the gold and things like that. And I'm like, man, this Matthew was on the all-decade team. He's a two- or three-time all-pro. Like, he's he not no scrub, you know. Hall of Fame. Somebody, 
talk to Tom Brady, that's one of the dudes you would want talking to him, you know. You can say entire mm-hmm. Matthew Hall of Fame. You can say he Hall of Fame. You can say yeah. it. <laughs> no doubt about it. That man is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Here you go. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm joking. <laughs> but shoot, while we were on the topic of Philly, I was gonna say it was the perfect segue uh, right into our next topic right now. Rumors swirling that, you know, pretty much at this point, Philly uh, wants to trade Carson Wentz or is trying to trade Carson Wentz. Uh, So I guess the first question would be, should they trade him? And if so, where should he end up going? You can go first, DeMarco. Man, I mean, it's a tough question because – you know, you draft Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts looked good last year. And, and, you know, Wentz did have a down year, so things are trending in the way of, you know, let's let's turn to the young guy, you know, get something back for Wentz. But I'm not, I'm not sold, you know, on that yet. It was just – it was literally just two years ago, Wentz carried that team to the playoffs. You know, they had injuries at wide receiver – uh, offensive line, you know, Greg Ward, you know, in the playoffs and, you know, the last few weeks of the season, two years ago, Greg Ward was his number one receiver. Like he's going to him and Zach Ertz and those guys and Wentz carried them, you know, through for, I believe, over 4,200, 4,400 yards, had a decent year. And last year, you know, he had, he had a big regression. But with that being said, you know, we've seen some other quarterbacks have, um, you know, one out years, you know, like that. I mean, some two years ago, a lot of people thought Aaron Rodgers, you know, was going to be on a decline, even though, you know, Carson Wentz did throw, you know, <laughs> throw, throw. He went on, he went on the interception. Like, man, he, he was giving out candy out there. But, uh, but no, for real, I think, I think you keep Carson Wentz. I think you keep him because you have a new head coach, your offensive line, which, you know, most people know when the Eagles offensive line is healthy, they have several Pro Bowl caliber players up and down the offensive line. You know, that's how they won the Super Bowl. That's how they've been good for so long. I mean, you got Lane Johnson at right tackle, one of the best right tackles in the game for the, you know, the past um, 10 years almost. And then you got uh, Jason Kelsey in the middle as your center, who, I mean, he's an anchor, doesn't miss games. He's a pro bowler. Uh, Jason Peters for so long was a dependable guy. You know, he's on the decline now. He, he's not what he used to be, but he was one of those guys that was so dependable for so long for them. And that offensive line, I mean, they have so many other guys that are really good players. So you get those guys back healthy. You get a healthy wide receiver core. You get, a, you know, another year of Jalen Raker. And you get a new coaching staff. You get a new offensive coordinator. And, and you get a new head coach. I think you're running back with him one more year. I mean, he's locked in the contract for multiple years. So why not? Let's see what Wentz looks like, you know, next year. Because if he's Wentz at his best, Jalen Hurts, Right now, where Jalen Hurts is, is nowhere near, you know, Carson Wentz at peak form. You know, Carson Wentz at peak form was going to win MVP until he got hurt. So, I think you you you, you give it another try. If, well, then you trade him. I mean, his value his value can't get much. He, he's not going to throw that many interceptions again. It's just – it's nowhere. Jim? <laughs> oh, I was going to – well, I'll go ahead. I, I think you trade him. <clears throat> Uh, Jalen Hurts won a few games. Uh, he looked pretty good during that time. So I don't 
I don't know how you go back. I know I know it's a new coaching staff, uh, new coordinators, but I don't know how you go back. You know, with the locker room, the team's probably mostly going to be the same. I don't know how you go back to Carson Wentz uh, after, you know, Jalen Hurts was successful, uh, moderately successful during his time starting. Uh, but I think where the Eagles could be in trouble, uh, it was reported they're looking for a Matthew Stafford type package as, you know, trying to as compensation for trading Carson Wentz. And I don't know, I don't know what team would give him that. Uh, Matthew Stafford was two first round picks, a third and another quarterback, Carson Wentz. I wouldn't trade that much for Carson Wentz. Like, I'm just being honest. Uh, no. But, it, but now I what know. happened? Chicago. They'll 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 give up the form for anything as long as they don't risky. <laughs> you no, know, that was that was that was actually one mm. of the two teams. That was one of the two teams that I thought would might trade for them. Yeah. Then ended. My thing with uh my thing with Chicago, uh, they only they have a negative five hundred ten thousand dollars in cap space. Funny, yeah. And then Allen Robinson is an impending. He's a free agent, basically. He's a free agent. So how are we going to bring him back and bring in Carson Wentz? I think the the most, you know, the most, the best place I would say is Indy. Uh, head coach Frank Wright, he was Carson Wentz offensive coordinator during his first two seasons. And one of those seasons was the season where DeMarco, you mentioned, he more than likely was going to be MVP. So, you know, whatever, he was able to unlock Carson Wentz's potential in that one season. And also, um, uh, former Eagles quarterback coach and passing game coordinator is also reportedly headed to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and they have $69 million in cap space. They have the 21st and the 54th picks in this year's draft. So I think they got the capital and the cap space to trade for Wentz and possibly bring in, you know, bring in a couple a receiver or two. Okay. I can see that, but I guess after I thought about it, I guess ultimately since they brought in a new head coach now, I think ultimately the issue was between Peterson and Carson Wentz. Uh, but now that they brought in a new head coach, I think they should try to at least run it back one more year. Uh, for one, you know, like you said, Jalen Hurts ain't ready yet. Uh, but Carson Wentz, at least the last two, three years, I mean, it seemed like the Eagles can't dodge the injury bug. Uh, and, you know, I think just for him mentally, it got to the point where he saw all these people around him going down. So in his mind, it's telling him that he needs to overcompensate and, you know, go outside of his limits as a player and try to make up for other players' deficiencies. But – uh, I mean, like you say, he's been a turnover machine. He has a heavy contract. I mean, if he were to get traded, he'd be the Jared Goff in the deal, not the Matthew Stafford, because that'd be the only way another team would take that deal. Because uh, I think over the next four or when he signed his contract in 2019, it was for four years, $128 million. Uh even a team like Indy, just seeing how they believe in building their team, I don't think they're willing to give up all those assets along with having to pay him all that money. Uh, but I think he can bounce back. You know, like I said, quarterbacks have had bad years. Big Ben, I think his third year in the league, he had like 18 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. I mean, he was horrible. 
pay Manning like his fourth year in the league. He was like 26 and 23. So, I mean, you have great quarterbacks who have down years. I think he's just a guy who needs all the right pieces in place around him. So once everybody gets healthy, I think we could see him get back to possibly a pro bowl caliber quarterback. Yeah, most definitely, man. I, I agree with most of the things you said for one. And just to add, like, to the thing about the offensive line, like, that that can't be understated. You know, they've had so many injuries. And we were talking about, you know, how, how much it, you know, matters. The trenches matter earlier. And you look at, you know, Jalen Hurts, a big reason why he provided that boost is because those big defensive linemen, like, when he came at quarterback, the line didn't just start blocking better. They were still getting there. It's just, you know, Jalen Hurts is quick and fast. So he's able yeah, to yeah. Up to the right or run all the way to the left side and, you know, maneuver back to the right and, you know, juke a couple of 310-pound defensive linemen while Carson Wentz wouldn't wouldn't be able to do that. So he's going to either force a throw or, you know, try to get rid of it or end up getting sacked. So Jalen Hurts gave you that extra mobility. But when you think about it, when the, when the team is healthy – you're going to be running set plays. You know, it's not going to be as much street ball. It's going to be three-step drop back, five-step drop back, hit guys, you know, um, hit guys in strides. The things that Carson Wentz has done, you know, in his career before this year. Now, he had some real accuracy problems this year. Like, even even he, he missed some yeah. open too. It wasn't just, you know, the pressure. It, it, it felt like it was a lot mental for him, too. But, man, I think he should be back. But if he, if he does leave um, – it has to be a desperate team. I mean, Carson Wentz, if you're putting all your marbles online for Carson Wentz, you got to be desperate. So I'll, that's why I'm thinking a team like Chicago. And I know, you know, the cap space is a problem right now, but that's a league-wide problem. And right. you're going to see a lot of good players get released this year because of that that problem throughout the league with the cap space going down uh, approximately 20, 30 million. And I will say, mm-hmm. with, the caps, I will say with the cap space situation, uh, he does carry a $34 million dead cap charge if he is traded. And if he isn't traded before March 20th, uh, he's going to have a $10 million roster bonus, too, if he's still on the team by March 20th. So if they're going to do it, they're going to need to do it within the next month. <laughs> Whatever team trade for him going to have to know what they're doing because if not, I'm, I'm honestly thinking like they're going to get somebody fired. I, I'm really thinking Indy. If you think about it, if the Bears, the Bears skipped Deshaun Watson once before, if Deshaun Watson ends up getting traded, and the Bears end up trading for Carson, like a similar package, I, I, I'm, that might be the hardest laugh I get of the NFL offseason, because they already missed him when they traded up for Mitchell Trubisky out of North Carolina, the uh, next big pocket passer, rocket arm, uh, <laughs> intangible guy. <laughs> I was I was so confused with their pick. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't remember what show I was listening to, but I, one of the the pre-draft evaluators was like one of the best things about him is he's a great guy. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, what is that? What does that have to? What is that? Oh what is, man! Like, that what is whole the front office like, should have been yeah, fired? Exactly. So. <laughs> great guy did nothing but get them. Khalil Mack. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's about all. Allen Robinson. That's about all he's been doing. Oh, Allen Robinson. He he got Allen Robinson away. That's what he's about to do. I just don't see Allen Robinson coming back. 
I, I wouldn't do it. I Man, wouldn't get out of Dodge. The trade and you know make some things. Allen Robinson is too. Like he a monster. I, he's been stuck. You been that good and you playing with Black Boy. This was this in your career. <laughs> Dude, you have to pay me Carson Wentz type money to uh to uh play receiver for Mr. Trubisky. I'm sorry. That's like he definitely finna go somewhere with a good quarterback. Man, that's like some Andre Johnson. Right. Man, playing with Matt Shaw. <laughs> Gates. Don't forget the the other North Carolina quarterback, TJ. Man, <laughs> they even had. Well, now nah, that was—I think that was after Andre Johnson. But remember, uh, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, <laughs> that was DeAndre Hopkins guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't forget Brandon Whedon. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the the Oklahoma State legend right there. Twenty-eight-year-old rookie, starting <laughs> <laughs> quarterback, Dallas Cowboys. I so forgot about that little experiment. Yeah, didn't work that, out. Was that the was that the year Cleveland drafted him and Trent Richardson first round? Oh my god! Yep, twenty twelve. That was crazy. <laughs> Even Trent Richardson. Yeah, I, I'll never understand like how he was that good in college and that bad in, <laughs> in the NFL. Trent Richardson will never make sense to me. Like that's why. <laughs> I'm never too hard on scouts, you know, like a lot of people say, how did you miss that? Like, bro, Trent, Trent Richardson used to, like, have good games. And, you know, this is when the SEC had, you know, LSU had four or five defensive first Defenses was crazy. I mean, Auburn defense, Nick Fairley and that group. And Trent Richardson was that dude. He got to the NFL and, and he'd be running the opposite way where it was a whole <laughs> – I, I saw videos, bro. We'll be like, where is his vision? <laughs> can't make this stuff up, man. Can't make this. Oh, man. Well, shoot. We talked about Carson Wentz a little bit. So we want to talk about now transition a little bit. Quarterbacks. So, of course, the season has ended. So we got a pretty good evaluation of what everybody looked like with a full plate. So we got to get y'all's opinion on who's the best quarterback in the league right now. Okay. See, I'll go first this time. And my my answer, you know, is the the three-time MVP. Not the one that won the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> where I'm going, though. And I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I believe that Aaron Rodgers – is the best quarterback in the league. He has down one, you know, he was considered the best, you know, what they, the best talent was the word they used with Aaron Rodgers throughout his career, you know, because you have to use another word when you're talking about Tom Brady because he doesn't have the strongest arm, not the most accurate or whatever. But with all that being said, it's, I believe Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL. And honestly, if you, if you, that Bucks game, I think is a is a very good indicator of why. And this is what I was referencing earlier when I was talking about Patrick Mahomes. Because I mean Patrick Mahomes, the thing he he does, you know, 
maybe you saw it some with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you saw it some with, you know, like a Brett Favre, Steve Young, Dan Marino. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes does these things so consistently where, you know, it's amazing to watch. And it's the wow factor is on another level. But with Aaron Rodgers, he was missing his left tackle. Just like, you know, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes was missing his tackles and Aaron Rodgers still having probably arguably the best left tackle, if not the best top two, top three left tackle in the game. And he was missing his. And what Aaron Rodgers did, and I, I think the difference between him and Patrick Mahomes is it's in the head. It's the IQ. It's the smarts. It's the way Aaron Rodgers can break down the defense on another level. And when they played the Bucs, the Bucs were, I mean, you watched the game. Y'all watched the game. The Bucs were getting there. Arguably, just how they were getting there against the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers adjusted. He did a lot of, uh, you know, quick dropbacks, dumping off short passes, um, you know, taking advantage of when Devontae Adams would get doubled. He'd go at one. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a good game. You know, he, he, you know, put him in good, put him in good situations in order for that to happen. Meanwhile, you look at Patrick Mahomes. He didn't make the adjustments that Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers all year long, you know, was a, you know, he took his little short routes, but he threw a lot of deep passes all year long, you know, long developing plays. Patrick Mahomes does the same thing. You know, that's how they get Tyreek Hill on a lot of those deep balls and whatnot. But that's never really just not worked for Pat Mahomes. Even, you know, you go back to the game against the 49ers last year in the Super Bowl where, you know, the 49ers were getting so much pressure early on. And even when he started to find success, it was him, you know, doing a lot of freelancing and, and making things happen. And that's his game. That's who Patrick Mahomes is. It's just when you play a defensive line that was just, you know, this ferocious, where you have linebackers flowing to the ball the way that the Tampa Bay linebackers do, it doesn't work. And that's why Travis Kelsey had 10 catches, you know, or how many ever catches he had for, for a buck 33, I believe it was, because he was the only one who you could get in those intermediate routes. And they didn't take advantage of that enough. And I think when you talk about the best quarterback in the league, Aaron Rodgers is just so cerebral in the head that as good as that Bucks defense was, I mean, against the three future Hall of Fame quarterbacks that they play, we're not counting this tight Taylor Heineke. We're not we're not counting that. I mean, nobody had ever read a report on him before. Against Drew Brees, they made Drew Brees look like he needs to retire ASAP. He should have been Pat, retired. They made yeah. it look like his work <laughs> as, a, as a professional. Aaron Rodgers, he maybe wasn't, you know, MVP level good, but he still, you know, I threw for over 300 yards, I believe it was, three touchdowns, <laughs> one interception on, you know, a play where it was a little nip and tuck. But interception, okay. He threw one interception yeah. and – I think the difference, you know, those two guys, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, most arm talent in the league. But the difference for me is the cerebralness. And even before the season, you can look it up. That uh, Patrick, after he won that last Super Bowl, he said that I'm I'm just now starting to learn how to read defenses. Like it was a really big thing when he said that before the season. He was like, you know, last year when he had when he had got hurt, you know, he had got hurt during the Super Bowl season. And he said he was just, you know, during that, that time he had off, he was starting to just now figure out defenses. So he's still, you know, adjusting to how to attack these defenses when they're only rushing forward. Because, you know, a lot of guys think, oh, we got to get after him, bring pressure, 
you know, things like that. He's still learning how to attack these defenses. Aaron Rodgers has seen all of those. He knows how to attack them all, and he's had success against them all. So that's why I say everybody be the top guy for me. I'm going to have to go. Oh, we can go ahead, Queen. Go ahead. You're right. I'm gonna have to, and after that one, I, I picked Pat Mahomes originally, uh, but after that one, I'm I'm about to switch over to Aaron Rodgers. My man, I think I think this season, uh, you know, he regained the crown back. I mean, when you talk about Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, they got a lot of the same qualities. Uh, both of them can make plays with their feet, arm strength, uh, arm talent, accuracy, uh, throwing angles. All of that, but you mentioned, you know, the cerebralness, the ability to read defenses, the ability to process information a little fast. I think that's what put Aaron Rodgers over the edge. And he's 37. He just had arguably one of the greatest seasons ever, 48 touchdowns. I think it was five interceptions, uh, the best season of his career. Uh, and he had a season where he threw for 45 touchdowns and like six interceptions previously. So, I mean, the man was a monster this year. I, I Like I tell my father all the time, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the most talented quarterback that football has ever seen. I think that man was put on – God put that man on earth for one purpose and one purpose only, and it's to throw the football. I don't think nobody, I don't think nobody on earth – I don't think nobody that's ever walked the history of earth has a better arm than Aaron Rodgers. I'm just I'm – just, people may have a little stronger arm, but just overall arm strength, uh, accuracy, ball placement, velocity, throwing angles, all of that, off-platform throws – I don't think nobody in the history of earth has ever been better than Aaron Rodgers at throwing the football. And I think he's the best in the league right now. I think he reclaimed his throne after a couple down seasons. You know, those were some pretty good speeches, but um, I'm going to go with the elder statesman, Tom Brady. And I think he just proved to everybody why. I mean, come on, look at this guy. He was counted out in New England by his own head coach and says, all right, I'm going to go pave my own path elsewhere. Goes down to Tampa Bay. All right, Tom Brady going to Florida. He must be about to retire a year early. He he not about to do nothing. He go down there, get him a few pieces. They get a few offensive linemen, bring back Gronk out of retirement. Go get A.B. off the streets. They get off to a little rocky start, you know. They get a bye week, week 11. What happens? Come back. Tom Brady's the hottest quarterback in the league. Leads them right into the playoffs. Three, not one, not two, but three victories on the road. No, he wasn't the reason they won all three of those games, but it is a team sport. It is a team sport, but when it mattered most in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady showed up and showed out, and it was contagious, and it spread to the rest of the team, and we could definitely tell, and I think, hands down, that's what separates him from the rest of the great quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers, and I believe that's a big reason why he can't get over the hump. I just want to say, uh, you mentioned his Super Bowl performance, which was, it was all, you know, it was cute. It was fine and dandy. 
but I can name you off the top of my head about 20 quarterbacks in the league that won the Super Bowl in that game. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston could have came back <laughs> from each legs, stepped on the field. <laughs> so we're running all the plays from last year. You still remember? And he would have he would have scored 10 points. Jameis Winston could have got you 10 points. He probably <laughs> But mm, that that defense, man, they 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 took the show in that one. I mean, Tom, you know, TB did his thing for sure, and 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 you know, I I said that you know when we talk about the greatest, I mean, he's the greatest the sport has ever seen. I mean, you can't you can't argue with with seven bowls. I mean, seven bowls is, is one player is just it's probably never going to happen again. Going to eleven, I mean, it's one of those things. It's too tough, and you talk about how circumstantial. Winning is so many things have to go right for you to win. When you just look at the history of the game, you look at a quarterback like Drew Brees. Drew Brees has had some very bad defenses in his prime, and that prevented him from winning more Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers has had some very bad defenses in his prime that prevented him from winning more Super Bowls. Same thing for uh, Peyton Manning. And, I mean, the list goes on with, I mean, Dan Marino. Dan Marino was the best thing since sliced bread when he came to the league, but he couldn't get over the hump. He never was able to get over the hump. It took John Elway into his late 30s to get over that hump. I mean, we've seen some talented guys that, but Tom Brady, you know, that Tom Brady, the things that he does in terms of, you know, he's a great leader. He's a great quarterback. You know, he's had some, like, that 28-3 comeback against the Falcons, you know. That was, you know, that's some GOAT goat status. You know, that was a GOAT status type game. But, um, I mean, man, it's, he's the greatest. I will say that. But you – it's a couple quarterbacks. I think, you know, you you give you give them those defenses. Um, I'm not saying they'd win seven, but but they they get you at least – at least three or four. At least three or four. I just – I, I – with my thing with Tom Brady, is he great? Is he the GOAT? Yes. Uh, but he isn't solely the reason for none of those Super Bowls. Let's be real here. You had the greatest coach of all time. You've consistently had great defenses year after year, just about in every Super Bowl, with the, with the exception of maybe one or maybe two. So I, I can't, he's not the best quarterback in football. They didn't win that game because of him, they won the game because of their defense. The man threw for 200 yards, bro. He's not the best quarterback in football. Let's keep it, let's keep it a book. The top five or six quarterbacks, you could have interchanged the top five or six, and they would have won that game. Let's call it what it is. And if you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, the one time he had a top ten defense, he won the Super Bowl. He don't, he don't, He's lost nine playoff games. In six of those games, his defense has given up 30, at least 30 points. You talk about, you talk about circumstances. Come on, man. Talk, Brett Favre. Won one Super Bowl. Talk about circumstances. Like Tom Brady' career. Yes, he's talent. Yes, he's talented. Yes, he has probably the most competitive spirit I've ever seen. Uh, his his attention to detail, all of this stuff, his work ethic, all of it is all time great. But to sit here and say that he just he's no, he's not the best quarterback in football. No, not at all. No, Tom. I honestly, I would say Tom Brady. He top. I would say he five or six. But number one. So 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 y'all telling me the Lombardi trophy just got a magnet in it and follow him to to Tampa Bay. Is oh you oh you did? No, no, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Telling me that you think he went to Tampa Bay 
he he didn't carefully at roster was like okay Pro Bowl linebacker Levante David okay emerging linebacker Devin and White uh Duncan Sue Shaq Bear just had what 16 15 and a half sacks last year okay JPP has been a three time Pro Bowler. Okay, we got some nice corners. We got Todd Bowles calling the defense. Long as I don't throw thirty interceptions, we should be <laughs> telling me that's that wasn't his. Oh, let me go. Okay, here. okay, okay, okay. But how about this? How about this? They went seven and nine last year, and Jameis was to turn the ball over thirty five times. Don't tell me Tom Brady the best quarterback in football, bro. That's probably the arguably top to bottom. It's probably the most talented roster in football, top to bottom. Don't tell me Tom that the reason is it is Tom Brady. No, and to that point. Robert Gronkowski. Whoa, 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 whoa. So the Packers weren't a better team than the Buccaneers is what you're telling me. Better top to top to bottom, their roster top to bottom. No. Not more talented. So the Packers, the Packers shouldn't have beat the Buccaneers. Let's let, you want to break it down by position group. We can break it down. Quarterback. No, 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 not top to bottom, not top to bottom. The Packers shouldn't have beat the Buccaneers, though, is what I'm saying. They should have won. Yeah, they should have won. Packers should have won the game. I agree. But because overall, they're a better team. Not depth. Not depth. I don't care about the 43 dudes on the bench. I'm not talking there. If you just want to break it down positional, the Packers are better than them in maybe one position. Two. Two positions, maybe. They're better than them in quarterback, safety, and corner. They're not, they nowhere near the same status for a linebacker. Not the better at D-line. So you picked the Buccaneers to beat the Packers. No, I picked the Packers. All right, then. But what, what? They don't get nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it. Has nothing, to do with, it has nothing to do with No, no. Even, even, if, even, if you want to, even if you want to look at Kansas City and Buccaneers, they played twice this season. The Buccaneers were a better team in seven of eight quarters against the Kansas City Chiefs, bro. They, top to bottom, they have the most talented team in football. And can't nobody tell me otherwise. They had a rookie – had a real great – they have three great offensive linemen. That's probably so, going to be – So that, why didn't they win last year? Because the quarterback had 35 turnovers. Who could win with 35 turnovers? But they still they, had a chance to make the playoffs. Well, come on, dude. Come and on, they dude. Right tackle who was one of the best right tackles in the league as a rookie. You know, they – with their first-round pick, that can't be understated. And then you – you can't – I mean, you added Rob Gunkowski, Antonio Brown, these type guys, and you know, the defense is what it is. We all know what that defense is. I mean, this this was no accident. I mean, the, the Buccaneers were really good last year with Jameis Winston turning the ball over 35 times in the <laughs> NFL record for pick six. So he had six points, and they still won seven games. Any quarter two. Man, Alex, prime Alex Smith. Prime Alex Smith probably could have got that team to the NFC Championship against the Packers. Now, you know, Tom Brady did enough to beat the Packers and whatnot. But, man, I mean, like I said, like we said earlier, winning is, is very circumstantial. Just like the Chiefs and the Packers lost their left their tackles, Tom Brady didn't lose his tackles. I mean, which, you know, that's not to take anything away from him. That's just to, to go to the point that to win, a lot of things have to go your way. And – when you talk about, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes, the reason they lost, you solely point to the pass rush of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And even if you want to talk, what you got? I mean, it, think about it. The Buccaneers' number two receiver 
was graded as the best receiver in football last year. They number two. Not they number one. They number two. So don't tell me Tom Brady the best quarterback in football. But be real. What you can name I can name I could name six or seven quarterbacks that could have put, <laughs> put them in the same position, dog. Don't come on now. Don't, don't have recency bias. Tom Brady is just, five or six, maybe, but he's not the best quarterback recent, in football. You want to talk recency bias? Nobody was hyping this team up like this midway through this season, talking about best they, roster top to bottom. Dude, they I knew they had everybody. If you watch football, you knew they had a great roster. They just had a real spot. That's all that was. Everybody knew they were going to the playoffs. I picked them. I think I think I might have picked them to beat New Orleans, bro. I didn't thought they were going to be in the NFC Championship game. I don't know if they win or not. But dude, if, if you look at the roster, you add Tom Brady. You had all these great coaches. Of course, they're going to be great. What you mean? But they don't mean. Listen, like you said, winning is circumstantial, bro. It takes a tired team to win. They didn't win that game solely because of him. He really wasn't. I, I wouldn't get. He would probably be the third or fourth more, most important part of their win uh, Sunday. Let, let's keep it real. It was the tie bowls, the defense. I would say the running game, the lack of Kansas City tackles, then Tom Brady's play. Come on now. And Rob, right. Gun, Rob Gunkowski did say that this is the most talented team he's ever played with. This came out of Robert Gronkowski's mouth, and you, he played on, you know, those really good Patriots teams, you know, since 2011, 2012. So, for him to say that, it means something. All right. So, <clears throat> so NFC Championship game, right, it was Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. So, tell me this. Start the fourth quarter, right, anybody's game, down the stretch, all the money on the table. Who showed up and who shrunk? Neither one of them showed up. Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half. And Aaron Rodgers just didn't make enough I, plays in the fourth quarter. Come on now, I don't say – I said fourth quarter. He's, he was terrible the second half of the, the entire second half of the game. Come on, are you, I know you ain't forget Tom Brady playing in the second half of the game. Are you saying the quarterback that scored three points in the fourth quarter is the one that showed up? That's He made the throws to get them to a field goal, right? Oh, you talking about the throw where a dude just dived, dived forward? Now he was held, of course, but, but you know, I, I mean, he didn't, he didn't. It was a pass interference call. It's not like he hit some dude in stride or something. And Tom, Tom Brady didn't have a good game that game. We're not going, we're not going to go to that game and act like Tom Brady. Let's not say the whole game, but he didn't have. A he good did. Game. He was the catalyst that helped them deliver the knockout punches in the first half because that's what really did y'all in that game. The first half did y'all in, and y'all never recovered. Kevin King was the knockout punch. (laughs) (laughs) And once once again, the referees were the knockout punch. They had been letting them play physical all game long, and when it came down to that one call, he did hold, but – Sean Murphy Munson basically mugged Alan Lazard, which is how he got an interception, but they didn't call that. But they want to call a little hole, you know, when it comes to getting a first down to end the game. But that's what I be talking about, bro. You let them play all game long, you make that bogus weak call at the end of the game to decide the game. That's what I'm talking. That's what I talk about when it comes to Tom Brady led teams. They when it's when the game gets close, they always get the benefit of the doubt, regardless of what happened the entire game. If it's close, they're gonna get you, dude, when he's playing on the field. 
and the the margin to winning and losing is just so small. Like I can't I can't give Tom Brady credit for that game. You know, if you want to talk about the NFC Championship, I mean, the win and lose margin is so small. You go back to that game, you point the Aaron Jones fumble at the beginning of the second half. Uh, Whitehead, you know, that was the second time he forced Aaron Jones to fumble. And that time, you know, they recovered in Green Bay territory. They had nowhere to go. You know, I believe it was just, you know, one play action pass, you know, touchdown, wide open tight end. You know, they scored off of that. So that defensive play, and you factor in, you know, going back to the Sean Murphy Bunton play, um, him, you know, making a good break on the ball or whatever, even after he held the jersey. And the Packers were going for a two for one right there. Like they were. They were marching up the field. Aaron Rodgers had some momentum. He completes that pass. You know, it's a first down. You're at midfield. And they get the ball after halftime. That changed the whole complexion in the fact that if you, if you uh, you know, factor in that um, after that interception that the Bucs scored and they got that, you know, the play right before the half was Scotty Miller. Um, a lot of good things happened in that game. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's very – Minor things, but I think the defense stole the show against the Saints. The defense stole the show against the Packers, and the defense definitely showed the show against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, so Brady played Brady played well, though. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, we're not about to go talk about the NFC Championship game like this man didn't throw like lollipop interceptions, like like three the of them. Three of them. Three of them. Hey. And Nose was setting the plate up for Aaron Rodgers to put points on the board. Yeah, I agree. But that goes back to the credit. Tampa Bay's defense. They're not just some pushover defense. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he had that stretch in the second half where he was moving the ball up and down the field against them. And, man, let's be honest. It's, it's football. It's, you're not about to just go up and down the field the entire game against a defense like that. You're going to have good stretches if you're a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' caliber. You're going to have some stretches where you can get up the field and make some plays, receive big plays like uh, Valdez Cantley did. But that's not a pushover defense. You got to work for every yard when you play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's what hurt Patrick. He wanted 20, 30 yards when you needed five yards at a time. So – I can't, I can't put that loss on Aaron Rodgers, and I can't put that win in Tom Brady's hands, if that makes sense. I mean, is he still top five or six? Duh, obviously, of course. But to say the best quarterback in football is ridiculous. Man, I just don't see how you deny a guy that's won seven Super Bowl. Man, move on. Call him a great winner. You say he's had some great achievements. And, and look. We're not calling him Robert Horry. We're not, we're not, I mean, it's not like we're calling him Robert Horry. You know, he, he's, he's a great quarterback. Like, you know, Tom Brady deserves all the credit that he's gotten. And, and like I said, that game against the, you know, the Falcons when they were down 28 to three, he put that team on his back and he marched up the field and he got the two point conversions. And, you know, he made some great plays all throughout that game. He put that team on his back. And there were, you know, a couple other instances. Uh, where he's made, but you go to the Super Bowl wins where you talk about the ones, the first couple ones he had early in his career, and you talk about when they beat the Rams, uh, you know, the Jared Goff Rams that year and that low-scoring game. And, I mean, a lot of great defensive performances, you know, twinkled in there. So just called it what it is. Well, I just know one guy, Super Bowl MVP, 
and one guy. <laughs> so you know, maybe maybe next year Aaron Rodgers will get to the Super Bowl. I was cheering for him this year, but you know he let me down. So I guess it was too much pressure for him. Yeah, that's what you think. Too much pressure for Aaron Rodgers. There you go, trying to stir the pot. There you go. It is. Man, look. <laughs> First of all, I, I think just when you just take a look back, and I said this a little bit earlier, Aaron Rodgers' performance was just, just that more – it was that much more amazing when you factor in the way Patrick Mahomes played against that defense. Because they were getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers – in the same way, but he he just was getting the ball out so much quicker, and he was dissecting things a lot faster. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, his entire career has made a living. Oh, nobody's open. I'm going to scramble around and run 20 yards backwards and fling the ball across my body. Aaron Rodgers can't do that, for one, because he's not going to scramble, you know, that far back. And he won't do that. You know, and you got to – you can't – you just can't do those type things against a defense like this. Like, you have to – to adjust your approach a little bit more. No one's ever really forced Patrick Mahomes to adjust his approach to, to that level. I mean, the way he played throughout his entire career was never going to work in that game. And I think that's where credit has to be given more to Aaron Rodgers. Like, the fact that he made some really good plays against that defense. And we we don't got to talk about how Drew Brees looked. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, boy. It, it's time to hang it up. He looked like <laughs> Like the great value brand. <laughs> At this point, he holding them back. Man, it's – yeah, but he had a great run, though. He had a great run. He did for sure. I wish he could have won another one, but <laughs> he was starting to leave a sour taste in my mouth with his recent actions. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get me started. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Well, shoot. Jimmy, did you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. I appreciate the Michael for taking time out of his schedule to join us. No Most doubt, definitely. man. Most it definitely. was long overdue. Yeah, for sure. We got to make it happen again. Thanks for having me. And um, just don't forget the uh, 49ers still won't make the playoffs next year because <laughs> get out the way right now. Uh, the Rams will be better than them. Uh, Russell Wilson is already making his his one demand that needs to be made is that man has been running for his life for nine plus years, and if they listen to him and get him offensive line help, the 49ers won't. They won't beat the Seahawks either. And what's the the Cardinals? Uh, I'm not ready to 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 give the Cardinals the crown because they they're trying to get rid of Pat Pete, but 49. <laughs> Thing this year where you can get you might get that second because uh Jimmy G is not gonna get you <laughs> anywhere where, we, where you got Matt Stafford now in your division. So you know what? Y'all gonna quit uh treating Jimmy G like he's just some screwed man. man. He bets to the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's circumstantial. Actually more, actually more. Circumstantial, <laughs> right? What one he was sitting on the bench, a clap hey, like as with a uh with the little communicator here, and the other one, and the other one he missed Emmanuel Sanders wide open across the middle, <laughs> and all time great defensive line with an all pro cornerback with 
probably the best group of linebackers in the NFL last season. So Brady would have made it though. Yeah, no doubt about it. No we should have, yeah, we should have signed Tom Brady last Kirk, year. Kirk Cousins would have made that throw. Kirk Cousins would have made that throw. Jacoby Brissett would have made that throw. Hey, we beat Kirk Cousins though. Matt Stafford. Jimmy G beat Kirk Cousins. No, the 49ers defense beat Kirk Cousins. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I man. win like a shootout game, like a 45-38, like my quarterback, your quarterback's hot, the defense can't make a stop. It's my quarterback. Like we've seen Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford's even won those games. Matt Ryan has won those games. I've never seen Jimmy G do that, and we never will. We never will. All right, look, look, look. So this bring up this bring up something I just thought about. So does a quarterback being able to hold this on in a shootout? Like, is that the only metric we go by to define a quarterback as being great? Of course not. I don't think so. I mean, like, my I like, go ahead. I like to when I think about a quarterback being great. For me, it's more it's more about the mind because no matter how strong your arm is, no matter how accurate you are, if you don't know where to throw the ball, you're going to suck. I mean, Peyton Manning, when he first came in the league, his arm talent was, you know, super good. Threw 28 interceptions, I believe, as a rookie. Came in, he didn't know where to go with the ball. Uh, I mean, we know Brett Favre just, you know, he made a lot of, like, I can fit it into – a two-inch window type throws, and he was the all-time interception leader because of that. But it's all about, you know, uh, it's all about what's in the head. And I think when Patrick Mahomes gets there, because I think he will, like, it, we're going to see a whole nother level of Patrick Mahomes because def- defenses are copying the blueprint now. Uh, the Chargers already have it, and that's, that's you know, for another day. The Chargers are going to challenge him for the next few years. I don't think he's going to run that division forever because – Herbert's nice, and they got a defensive line that can do the same thing that uh, Tampa Bay just did. And mm-hmm. it's all about it in the mind for me, man. Tom Brady has seen every blitz that you can, you know, imagine. He knows how to dissect certain things, and that's what makes him so good. He knows when he can get rid of the ball fast. He knows when, oh, I can attack this defense with deep throws. He knows, you know, how to break down defenses to the little intricacies. Aaron Rodgers knows how to do that. Drew Brees, uh, Russell Wilson knows how to do that when he gets enough time to throw the ball. So you think about, you know, just the mind is the biggest thing for me because arm strength, I mean, Josh Allen had the biggest arm in the world when he came to the league in those first few years. And, I mean, I was almost ready to give up on him. You know, I, I'll say yeah. it. I, I was all like, look, they just went with the whole, you know, physical talent, big arm dude again. You know, they, they like they like it, the combines, and he, he proved himself this year. But, man, it's it's all about the head for me with these guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's the next step for a lot of guys. Uh, like, you know, you just mentioned Josh Allen, which I think he got a quarterback coach or something to help with his throwing motion. Uh, so mm-hmm. that helped out a lot with his accuracy. But uh, – Another guy I like to see take his game to the next level, Lamar Jackson, which, um, you know, I think the Ravens, they're going to have to invest in some receiver help for him or something because 
I just don't think the weapons they got right now go cut it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree, but the type of – I mean, put yourself in a receiver's shoes. I'm not about to go to a team that still runs three tight end sets with a fullback in the backfield and a running back, and it's just me You're as right. the – or you know, just me and Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews is getting the most of the most of the passes anyway. And you I'm know why? You want to know why he getting most of the targets? Why? Because Hollywood Brown can't get open. <laughs> I wouldn't throw him the ball either. You can't get open. <laughs> the only way Hollywood get the ball is if he's six, seven yards open. He'll create even with the speed, bro. He creates no separation. Willie Sneed should not be anybody's number two receiver. Hollywood Brown should be nobody's number one receiver. You know what? And I tell y'all, even outside of the receivers, the real issue is Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. He's still running the same offense or very similar to San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) Run, 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 pass. But look, yeah, with the lead. It, it works against certain – and they blow out – you know, the Ravens blow out a lot of teams. It's just when you play those certain teams that that are built to stop that, you have to And And Greg, Greg he, Roman, the number two pitch, is, is well, we ought to look today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he don't have no kind of passing game concepts whatsoever. Because even when he was our offensive coordinator, it was Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, or Colin Kaepernick having the Bellas out. <laughs> I, I remember those days very well. Yes, sir. Well, we should have we should have had at least one Super Bowl out of that run. Man, don't get, no, please don't get me started with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson pass in the passing game. Please don't. <laughs> but man, it's a lot of. The, the league is in good hands going forward. You know, we the fact even though it came yeah. down, you know, the typical guys like you know Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, but the league is in good hands. You know, you Pat Mahomes is already who he is. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't have anything to prove besides you know he has to continue this you know throughout his career because he's still so young. But you talk about guys like uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Russell Wilson is already a Hall of Famer, but Russell Wilson is done. You know, Russell Wilson still, you know, has some things he wants to get done. Matt Stafford, you know, Matt Stafford's only 32. Like, that was crazy to me when I heard it because, yeah. you know, he was throwing passes to Megatron, and, you know, he's, he, but he's been a starter since day one. And he finally, you know, is going to be playing on a team that's better equipped to – Matt Stafford is really good, and I think a lot of people – like have slept on how good that dude is. Like he gave the Packers some trouble. He was, he, it's just defense sucked. So he was throwing no look passes before Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. He and, and A Rod gave him credit for that too. Like, look, a lot of people don't talk about him because he doesn't have that. You know, he's not maneuvering around twenty yards across the field and stuff like that. But he got a rocket. I mean, you'll see it next year. As That's why he was number one pick. Exactly. Exactly. So the future of the quarterback position is definitely in good hands whenever uh old man decides to get in his rocking chair. Yeah, man. It should be a lot of quarterback turnover this offseason. Uh, hopefully they let Deshaun Watson go out of Houston. No. Because you don't think they should let him go? I mean, 
Yeah, you know, I'm for all for you know player, player um, getting rights and whatever. But man, you just signed this long extension and you know all that. But yeah, let them go. You let them go. But but you don't you you don't you don't stand up for no one. Like if you don't get the right package, he's staying. Like it's that. Oh yeah, no doubt. But team, so it's a bad salary cap year. I mean, did. Thanks. They're like negative 80 million under the cap. Like, I yeah, don't know. Drew, I think Drew Brees restructured his contract to where he only got to get like the minimum next year. That was nothing but like a penny um, to the problem that they have. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Almost going to be in rebuild mode, which is wild to say. And a lot of people don't know, but one team that's a quarterback away to me is the Carolina Panthers. Washington. Them too, them too. With Carolina, did you the safety Jeremy Chin? That boy is the true. He nice. He and, nice. And Derek Brown, you know Derek Brown up front, Brian Burns up front. They have a nice defense line. You know they played the Packers and held the Packers in check. Um, you know they got nice linebackers too. Um, they got my boy out of LSU at corner, Dante Jackson. He's nice. They got nice pieces on that defense, and we all know C-Mac, what he does, and those receivers, man, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, that's a that's a legit. They're not no scrubs. And, man, you give, you give, you know, they said they, I heard they made a run for uh one of the guys, I believe it was Matt Stafford. And I was thinking, I was like, man, if they get him, or if they would have gotten Matt Stafford, they would have been in that conversation for the top of the NFC that's South. A playoff team. Yeah, that's a playoff team. I think they could still be a factor. Uh, you know, what if they get somebody like Carson Wentz, or yeah. um, that could be a possible landing spot. Um, if they could draft the right guy and maybe he come in right away, um, that Rookie. could be a possible situation. And in the NFC South. Yeah, if they could hit, if they could hit on somebody like Justin Herbert, because nobody expected Justin Herbert to come out like that. I mean, yeah, but even with how good he played, they still lost a lot of games. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it, but that that wasn't on him, though. I think I think Carolina already have a good structure in place. True, and the Chargers. I do think. Too. Uh, yeah, I think the Chargers just had some leadership and coaching issues. Uh, but I think, yeah, if they get the right quarterback, they can make some noise. And I don't know what y'all think about Atlanta. If they get a new quarterback, could they possibly turn things around, or are they done? No. Atlanta's tough. Rid of Julio. <laughs> get rid of Matt Ryan. And, and just – they're toast. They had that chance when they were up 28 to 3. <laughs> they ain't been the same since. Oh, shoot. But I think, was that pretty much everything? Yeah, I ain't really got nothing else to add. All right, well, shoot. We appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode of the First and Foremost Sports Podcast. Again, we appreciate you, DeMichael, for joining us. Uh, always welcome to come back anytime. Again, I am your co-host, Quentin Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Cummings. 
All right. Until next time. Deuces. We out.